Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. That's why the Bible declares here in Psalm 90. Let's go to that. Psalm 90 verse number 12 says this. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Teach me to number my days. Because all of us has a certain amount of heartbeats. After the last heartbeat is over, it's over for this life. Now you're stepping forth to where you were originally. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. We want to also welcome our online community that are gathering from all around the world. Kingdom Rock, let's welcome our online community that are gathering. God bless you. God bless you. Wherever you are from all around the world, we just thank you so much for joining us, whether you're joining us by way of video or audio, wherever you are and whenever you're listening or watching, we want to let you know we love you and we're definitely praying for you and your families. And don't forget, uh, if you get a chance, go by the website at kingdomrock.org. There you can find today's message and so many more. Bless you. All right, today we're going to go into part number three of the series entitled Releasing Your Potential. Releasing Your Potential. Now, this is the word that God has given us for this year, for this season. He says that I am releasing your potential. And there are certain factors that have been warring against us that stop us from becoming all that God has called us to become. And one of those things is the spirit of procrastination. And so the Lord dealt with me about the cure for procrastination. Procrastination is when you put off something that you ought to be doing and you start doing something else that could really wait till some other time. You stop, you don't do it until the last minute and sometimes until well past the deadline. We procrastinate. We're going to talk about that today, the cure for procrastination. Let's go into our root scriptures for this series. We're going to go to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 28, and look at verse number one. And it says, the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but who? The righteous are bold as lions. Say with me, I am bold as a lion. Let's go to Philippians, Philippians 4, verse 13. And it says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Say with me, I can do all things through Christ, who gives me strength. Let's look at 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14. And it says, now thanks be unto God, which, call, which always causes us to what? Triumph in Christ. And maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Say with me, God always causes me to triumph in Christ. Amen. So now let's go ahead and deal with the cure for procrastination. Let me tell you what this is right here at the very beginning. I won't make you wait. This is what I heard the Lord say to me. The cure for procrastination is this. Plan to live and prepare to die. Plan to live and prepare to die. In other words, live each day with deliberate, purposeful, thoughtful actions. Seek the counsel of the Lord at the beginning and at the end of each day. Let me say that again. Live each day with deliberate, purposeful thoughtful actions seek the counsel of the lord as to what you need to be doing at the beginning and at the end of each day perform these actions with a mission in mind with the mission in mind with focus in mind with vision in mind now there is one main vision that you need to be concerned about and that is after your time here is done, 
you hear the Lord say to you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Matthew 25. You do not want to hear, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Matthew 7, verse 23. So we have to live each day with purpose. We can say something like this. This will help really define this for you. You would say something like, I'm doing this to get that. Or I'm doing this today. I'm doing this activity today to have this expected result tomorrow. I'm doing this so that I can have that. You got me? That's living every day with a purpose, thoughtful, with an expected end. I don't have spare time. Somebody say, when you have your spare time, Pastor, can I talk to you? I don't have spare time, just like I don't have spare money. Every moment and every dollar, every dime has a purpose. If I'm on the phone for you, with you for five minutes, it is purposeful. I don't have spare time and I don't have time to waste. I don't have money to waste. Every bit of it has a purpose. Hallelujah. Why? Because I'm living my life with a plan, with a mission, with a purpose, thoughtful, asking God, seeking him. What do I need to be doing today? What do I need to be doing tomorrow? What do I need to be doing next month, next week, next year? Lead me in the way that I should go. I don't have spare anything. Are you hearing? Every bit of it has a purpose. Whether it's in, if it's money, if it's spending, if it's investing, if it's saving for an opportunity, if it's giving. All of it has a purpose. I don't have spare change. Are you hearing? I may have money set aside for giving, but that's not spare. It has a purpose to be given. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We have to live time. We have to live our time here on earth with the realization that our time here is not infinite. It is finite. You and I existed before your mom and daddy got together. We know that through scripture. We existed in God. In the very beginning of the book of Genesis, God said, let us make man in our image and after our own likeness. So God did. But the very first ones to get a body was Adam and Eve. He made the entire man. When he said man, he meant humanity, the human race, human spirits. We existed in spirit form inside of God in the very beginning. He said, let us make man. He created all of man. Adam and Eve were the first ones to get a body. We existed in God, if nothing else, in the mind of God. We had an existence. So when it was your time to be uh, planted, implanted here in the earth, he brought two parties together, allowed that to happen. Regardless of how the circumstances of your coming, uh, your coming or your arrival on this planet happened, regardless of how it happened, you existed before that time. And this was your doorway of entering into this world. Now, what you do with that opportunity after that point is up to you. Some people have a doorway of a silver spoon. They're born to wealthy parents. And some people were born very tragically. Some as a result of rape. Some as a result of incest. Some as a result of uh, in poverty. Some shame. Some loving parents. But we all have a doorway that we've entered this life. God gave us all an opportunity. What we do after that moment is up to us. Is up to us. We existed before we were born and you will exist after you die. Our time here on this planet is finite. It is limited. Some may receive 100 years, 120. Some may receive 70. Some may receive 60. Some may receive only 10 and some maybe only a few minutes at birth. But all of us have the decision have a decision to make of how 
we're going to use that time. That's why the Bible declares here in Psalm 90. Let's go to that. Psalm 90, verse number 12 says this. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Teach me to number my days because all of us has a certain amount of heartbeats. After the last heartbeat is over, it's over for this life. Now you're stepping forth to where you were originally. You're going back to the source. Father also means source. You're going back to the source of all things, going back to father. All of us get our time in his presence. Now, whether you stay there is contingent upon how you handle this life. All of us will stand before God. All of us will stand before him. Now, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you will have no fear. Because you know the blood of the lamb is covering you. And that when God Almighty looks at you, he doesn't see you. He doesn't look at you with disgust. He sees someone that he loves. As a matter of fact, he loves you just as much as he loves Jesus. You are not fearful on the day of judgment. You know, you are welcome finally home. We go back to where we came from. But if we have not prepared in this life, if our sins have not been washed away, then you get to stand before God with your sins intact. With everything that you have, everything that you have done all through life, it's on you. You look like it. And there you are standing in a heavenly place, in a holy place, a place of absolute light, absolute love, absolute good with all of this stuff on you. And you know you don't belong there. And you know no matter how much God loves you because he will still love you. No matter how much family and friends love you, you have not prepared yourself to be there. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. And because all that filth has not been washed away, you stand before God looking like your sin. It has never been dealt with, not because God has not given you the chance to deal with it, because you refused and said, I can do it myself. I know how to cleanse myself. I know how to stop doing this and stop doing that. But you never did. And so now time is up. The last heartbeat is, 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 is beat. Blood no longer pumping. That's it. Time is over. Your time in time has finally come to an end. And now you stand before the source of all things. The father of all things. Creator. The, the, create, the creator himself. You stand before Jesus. The true one. And we all have to look at you. Why didn't you get it washed away? Why didn't you let him cleanse you? Why? Did you think you had more time? Why do we procrastinate? The Bible says again, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Look at Psalm 144. Psalm 144 verses four, rather verses three and four. And this is what the Lord says here. Lord, what is man that thou, uh, that thou takest knowledge of him, or the son of man that thou makest account of him? Look at verse 4. Man is like to vanity. His days are as a shadow that passeth away. The word vanity there means breath. Do like this. Put your hand over your mouth first. So, so nobody has a smell. But you got what I'm saying. Man is like breath, vapor. Uh, his days are as a shadow that passeth away. Your time here is at a premium. You don't get more time. When it's up, it's up. 
healing, when we pray for someone's healing, you realize all you're doing is praying that God will extend their time here because they will still eventually die after they are healed. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, that was a wonderful thing. But Lazarus still died eventually after that. You understand? Healing helps us to remain here in these bodies on this planet to continue to do what God has called us to do. That's what healing does. Allows us to remain here to do more things that he wants us to do. And when you have someone that can touch the throne of God, touch the heart of God and pray and intercede for your healing. Then that means that the healing that Jesus purchased for you can be applied to your life and your time here can be extended. But it cannot be extended beyond your time. When it's your time, everybody in the world can pray. When it's your time, it is your time. You got me? Look at James, James 4, and listen to this uh, in James, the fourth chapter, because this begins to talk about people who were not conscious of time. Time is the most valuable possession that you have. You can get more money, but you cannot get more time. When your time has come, your time has come. When your work is done, your work is done. The best thing that we can pray for is that when my time comes, I have done all that I was supposed to do. Hallelujah. And I can go to the grave in peace. Psalm 91 said, with long life, will he satisfy me? Will he satisfy you and show you his salvation? Glory to God. But when that time is up, that time is up. Are you hearing? Until then, we have to live until we die. We have to live until we die. Don't live a, a life full of death and then die. Bottled up, never go anywhere, never do anything, never become anything. Just waste your life away. You have to live, thrive. Until we die. That's what Messiah Jesus came to bring us. That's what Rabbi Jesus came to teach us. That we could live. We can have life more abundantly. We don't have to live it in fear, shame, guilt, or locked away in, in, in emotions and locked away in tragedies or in trauma. Afraid to break out and afraid to become. Afraid to release potential. Jesus gave you the keys to become more. And we receive those keys and unlock the door. To the greatness that Jesus has on the inside of us. He's given you the ability to become more. But some. Some have taken matters into their own hands. And not understood this key. Let's look to James the fourth chapter. James four. Verse 13 through 17. It says this. It says again James four verse 13 through 17. It says look here. You who say. Today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town and will stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. Verse 14. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? You realize, everybody, before we continue this, you realize that tomorrow is promised to no man, right? He says here in verse 14, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans. And all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. You know, procrastinating is a sin when it relates to the things of God. It is sin to know what to do 
but you still put it off and you don't do it? You know what to do, how to do it, but we just don't do it. This is why the Lord says here and also Proverbs, Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7. This is why the Lord urges us here in Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 7. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. We have to trust him. Trust him with your whole heart, with all of your heart. We got to trust him. We got to trust him. He's not, he's not saying trust in man, trust in people. No, that's bad. People may be great hearted. They may be full of God. The greatest ones full of the Lord. But they can only go with you so far. I love you, but I'm not going to the bathroom with you. There only so, there's only so much that we can do for you. There are some places that you will have to go by yourself. People are good. There could be some good people in the world, but after a while, you're going to have to walk with the Lord for yourself. Jesus can be with you everywhere and at all times. So we don't put our trust in people because even well-intentioned people will let you down. Even the ones that you have admired the most. And I pray nobody puts you on a pedestal. That's a bad place. Because that means that they will disappoint you. And when that disappointment happens, it's going to be bad. Don't allow people to put you on a pedestal. There's only one person that deserves to be higher in your life, and that is Jesus. People can be good examples and follow their examples, follow them as they follow Christ, but don't, pe don't put people on a pedestal. Don't give them God status. That's bad. Realize that people are just people. Your pastor is just a man whom God has anointed with the office of the pastor. Are you hearing? Your bishop is a bishop. He's a man whom God has anointed or given the office of the bishop. Just a man. When you make them more than men, you sin. Let me say that again. When you make them more than men, you sin. Honor the office. Honor the anointing. Thank God for the person. But don't make them God. Are you hearing? Praise the Lord. So why do we keep putting off for tomorrow the things that we need to be doing today? Let me give you four reasons. One is because we fear that we can't do it. Or we can say it's the fear of failure. That's why I keep putting it off because I feel like I cannot do it. Two is because maybe you don't feel like you can trust that way, just not just yet. Well, if that's you, then you need to investigate so that you can trust and move because we procrastinate the things that we know we should be doing. So trust that way. Develop a trust and then do it. Thirdly, we think the task too great and we are ill-equipped. I don't know how to do this. So we don't get in there and do it. There are so many technical things that I have to learn and understand. Some things, some of those, honestly, I've just put off because it's so big. It is so monumental. So I put it off. But we can't do that when it's time. Let's get in it. The fourth thing is we really don't want to do it in the first place. That's why we procrastinate. We don't want to do it. So we have a, a lack of enthusiasm. Really don't want to do it. And last... We procrastinate because sometimes we're just too tired. I'll do it later. I'm just too tired now. I'll just do it. I'll wash the dishes later. I'll, I'll clean the house later. I'll, I'll, I'm just too tired. I'm just too tired. Why are we too tired? Because we spent our energy on things, 
on lesser important things and now we have not the energy left to do the thing that you really need to do. So let's do that important thing first. Y'all stay with me today. Unfortunately, sometimes as we're heading into a closing, unfortunately, sometimes people have to be provoked into a change. Provoked. They won't change. They won't do until they're until they are provoked or stirred up. You may have the gift of God in you. You may have the talent in you. You may have the resources in you. You may know where to go and what to do, but sometimes you won't do it until somebody pokes you, until a circumstance pokes you, until you're stirred to move. Consider the life of Samson. The children of Israel were in captivity to the Philistines for 40 years. They'd done something wrong, and we can see that in Judges, the 13th chapter. They've done something wrong, and so God allowed the Philistines to come and conquer, and they were under Philistine rule. They were, the devil was binding them. They were, they were in bondage to the devil for 40 years. But, but now, and 40 is a number of testing, now the Lord impreg, impregnates a, a young lady, uh, Manoah. Manoah, I believe, was the father. And he and his wife have a son. And his name is Samson. And God tells them, all right, well, there are special rules concerning him. She can't uh, eat any of the fruit of the vine. That is, she can't um, drink any alcohol and some other things. You can't cut his hair and other things that he told them to do. And so Samson grows. And in Judges 13, you see that from time to time, the Lord would stir him. The Lord would move Samson. But nothing happened. Until Judges 14. Let's look at this. Judges 14 verses 1, 2, 3, and 4. And it says this. It says, And Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. I want her. <laughs> Verse three. Then his father and his mother said unto him, is there never a young woman of the daughters of thy brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, get her for me. For she pleaseth me well. She's a brick house. Daddy, mama, get her for me. Look at verse number four. Verse four says, but his father and mother, but his father and his mother knew not that it was the, of the Lord that he sought an occasion against the Philistines for at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel look at this same verse out of the Amplified Bible it says his father and his mother did not know that it was the Lord and that he was seeking an occasion to take action against the Philistines now at that time the Philistines were ruling over Israel this was what God would use to provoke Samson. Provoke him. The gift of God was in him. But he was waiting. Waiting on what? The children of Israel were still in bondage to the devil. But Samson did nothing. He was anointed of God. Anointed. He had the power. But he did nothing until he was provoked into a change. Consider also what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy verses 5, 6, and 7. It says this, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also, it's in you, Timothy. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou 
what? Stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I love the way 2 Timothy, the first chapter, verse 6 says, reads in the New Living Translation. It says this, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Fan into flames. It's in you. It's time for it to come out. The gift of God is in you and it's time to release your potential. The gifts and callings of God are already in you. They're already in you. You you are an answer to somebody's problem. It's you. Remember that the Holy Spirit of God is in you for you to encourage you, to enrich you, to bless you. The Spirit of God is in you to bless you, encourage you, enrich you, to teach you. But he comes up on you for those around you. The gift of God must not just remain in you. It must come upon you. The anointing of God must not just remain in you. It must come upon you. And that happens when we release ourselves to the Lord. When we agree to die to self. When we crucify the ego so that nothing remains but Christ. We must crucify the ego, crucify the self, so that all that remains is Christ. And Jesus modeled this so wonderfully. He modeled this thought, this notion, this concept. In Luke, let's look at Luke 22, as he was there in the garden. Luke 22, verses 41 through 43 says this. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed. This is what he prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. This is a hard thing, Father. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven strengthening him we're going to have to have that nevertheless moment i know what i want jesus had a will and has a will he said not my will yes he was all god but still all man and as a man he had his own will and his own mind and it came the point of time when his will had to bow to the will of the father not what i want but what you want i have a will you have a will we have plans but our plans must be secondary to the plan of god He modeled that for us. And when he did that, he was strengthened. Strengthened to do what he was called to do. And when you do that, you will be strengthened to do what God has called you to do. Consider what the Lord said also in John, the 12th chapter, John John 12. John 12, verse 24 through 26. And this is how it reads here. This is so wonderful. Hear this. John 12, verse 24, says this. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides, abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Much fruit will be brought forth through your death. If it die, It shall bring forth much fruit. Verse 25. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also his, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. This is God's plan. Really, this life is one big delayed gratification. If you suffer with him now, you will rule with him later. 
If you endure the pain of this life, crucifying your will, you'll get your payday after a while. But if you seek the pleasures of this world now, you will rob yourself of a beautiful destiny later. Yes, the Lord, as we're serving him, yes, it will be pleasurable times, wonderful moments, times of beauty, times of great joy, times of deep intimacy and fellowship. Yes, there will be favor and, and joy and love and peace all throughout this life. But I'm telling you, this life is one of suffering. It's one of pain. It is one of agony. But we must choose to walk as Jesus walked, understanding if we suffer, we shall reign. There is something far greater waiting for me on the other side. This thought of crucifying this, of the ego, this notion of crucifying our ego, of putting the Lord first in all things, letting self die. This is predicated, we can say, or it is also interwoven in two words that Jesus brought to us that no one else did. Jesus used two words that define this whole thing of death and life. These two words are born again. He told Nicodemus, you must be born again. And in order for a new birth or a rebirth to occur, something has to die. When the Lord says you must be born again, means you were born the first time of water. You were born, but now you must be reborn. The first life has to die. And a new life has to come forth. Except a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it die, it shall bring forth. There's a process that happens under the ground that you cannot see. Where the seed, the shell of the seed is broken and what's truly on the inside of it begins to come up through the soil and it begins to, and it emerges and it begins to produce much fruit. And we look at this and say, was all of that in you? Was all of that in you? I didn't know that you were capable of that. I didn't know that you had that much potential. And when it comes forth out of the ground, you don't have to tell anybody who you are. We can clearly see you are an apple tree. We can clearly see you are an orange tree. We can clearly see what you are once you have come forth. But the temptation is and our struggle is to try to remain a seed and just get little things. Try to pleasure ourselves in little things and try to walk our own way, do our own, try to do our own way. I know what's best for me. What a shame it would be to go into the grave, still a seed, never producing your full potential, never seeing greatness. What a sad moment that would be. The Lord says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. All things are what? Passed away. Behold, look, look, look what has come up. Look, behold, all things are what? Have become new. All things are new. I tell you, Rabbi Jesus really knows what he's talking about. Rabbi, of course, meaning teacher. They call Jesus rabbi. He's a teacher. He really knows how to walk this walk. I want to follow a man who can walk on water. I want to follow a man who can raise the dead. I want to follow a man that can have a conversation with God and God move. I want to follow a man whom God talks out of the sky and says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I want to follow a man like that. I want to follow a man that death has no power over. He got himself up out of the grave. I want to follow a man like that who's sitting on the right hand of God almighty and all power is in his hand. I want to follow him. Amen. 
I appreciate other people's examples. I appreciate their books and their sermons and their words and their, their monies. Yes, yes, yes. But my example is Jesus. I want to follow him. If you can help me, if you can follow him, and if I can see Jesus in you, I can follow him. Hallelujah. I'll, I'll greatly follow, I'll gladly follow you if you're following him. But when I cease to see Jesus, I cease to have any obligation to follow. My goal is Christ. My goal is Christ. I care less about the fame or fortune and all this other stuff. It's all a vapor. It's all vanity. Meaningless chasing after the wind. You can spend your whole life after money. Only when you die on your deathbed, all your relatives will be clawing over trying to get it. You can amass all kind of houses and cars and this or that. Spend your whole life trying to get it. And in a moment, it's gone. Vanity. Vanity, trying to be popular. Vanity, so much vanity. You spend thousands of dollars on beauty treatments only to have older age catch up and them wrinkles show up where wrinkles didn't show up before. Vanity. Vanity. A meaningless shaking, a meaningless chasing after the wind. The only thing that will matter in this life is do you look like Jesus? Do you, have you fulfilled your calling in this world? Have you helped somebody? Have you loved somebody? Have you forgiven them the way God has forgiven you? Have you shown compassion and care? Have you served others? That's the only thing that's going to matter. When you look at God, when God looks at you, when you stand with him face to face that's the moment when it's all worth it that's when it's all worth it the rest vanity I like the way Paul said he's like it's dung it's nothing all your education all your planning it's, it's dung the closer you get to perfection the more you realize that everything else is just trash it's a means to an end and that's all it is payday will come after a while so in order for us to truly live we must die not a physical death but dying to self crucifying the ego dying to the worldly influences and receiving Christ. Let the Spirit provoke you today to become greater. Let Him stir you to become greater. Begin to ask the Lord to tear down the walls in your heart that we have erected that hold Him back. Because we've erected so many walls around our hearts. Begin to ask Him, Lord, tear these walls down. Let there be no doorway in my heart, anything that hinders you from producing fruit in my life. Tear it all down, tear it all away, that nothing would remain but Christ. Transform me. Transform me. And I love the way the Bible talks about it in 1 Corinthians, or rather 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel, when, when, and I've said this before, this verse just really just, it rings true with me. Now understand this, not everybody will like it when you begin to grow. And not everybody will go with you either. Not everybody will like you and not everybody will love you. Thank God for people. The Lord will have someone that will be with you that will help encourage you and strengthen you. And if you're blessed, you'll have one or two or three or four. But your circle will always be small. Your inner circle will always be small. 
That's how it is. There will never be a whole bunch of people who's going to cheer you on. If you say, I'm gonna be, that's why I'm going to be a rock star. That's why I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be one of them American idols. John, I'm going to be an American idol. Everybody's going to be cheering my name. Yeah, they'll do that, but the crowd is fickle. And they will love you just as long as you can do what they like. The moment you cease to do what they like, they will no longer love you. The crown's love is always conditional. You don't need that. You've got one other person, two other people, three other people that really love you, that really there for you. You're blessed. You're blessed of God. Blessed of God. Somebody who actually cares about you and can tell you you're wrong when you're wrong. You're blessed of God. Are you hearing? This is what the Lord said um, through the prophet, prophet Samuel to Saul. He says, he told them that when you go to a certain place, you're going to find a group of prophets and they're going to be prophesying. And when you pass by, something's going to happen. Listen to this. First Samuel 10, verse six, it says, and the spirit of the Lord will come upon thee and thou shalt prophesy with them and shall be turned into another man. New Living Translation says, you'll be changed into a different person. That's what I want. I want to be changed into another man. I want to be changed. I want to be transformed. I want to be more than what I am. And through Christ, we have the ability to do that. As we hearken unto what he says to us. So I challenge all of you today, I really challenge you to go into your prayer time. I challenge you to get with God and ask him to change you. I challenge you to get with him and ask him to bring down those walls in your heart that prevent him from coming in, that, pre that are preventing him from being more and more intimate with you and you more and more intimate with him. We've got to say those words even in Romans, the 12th chapter, verses 1 and 2. The Bible says that I... He says that you present, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, this is what you need to do, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can become more than what you are. If you've heard nothing else, hear that. You can become more than what you are. You can change. You are not locked. You can change. You can break out of the fear. You can break out of the shame. You can break out of the jealousy, out of the anger, out of the rage, out of the, out of the depression. You can break free out of the worry. You can change. And you can be free. Finally free. For those of you that are watching right now all around the world and for those of you that are in this room right now, if you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your, of your life, now is that time to do it. Because you cannot be truly free without freedom himself. Jesus is freedom. His spirit in you is liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is hope, there is freedom, there is deliverance. Everything you need is inside of him. If you've never received the Lord as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you want to rededicate your life to him, now is a time to do it. Those of you that are here in this room and those of you that are joining us by way of television, the altar is open. Some of you may want to stop the recording right now and go right where you are and go somewhere and go into a bathroom, go into a back room and pray this prayer with me. But whatever you do, let's pray together. Just say with me, Father, I'm in need of a Savior. I admit that I have sinned. 
I have fallen short of your glory. I have not done all that I was supposed to do. I turn from the darkness and I turn unto light. I repent. I turn from the evil and I turn to the good. I turn to you. And from this moment forth, I confess Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. Make me yours. And I will serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the evidence of a changed life. Change me, Lord, and I will be changed. Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Deliver me, Lord, and I will be delivered. I thank you, Father, for saving me. I am yours, and you are mine. Thank you for forgiving my sin and washing them all away. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name, Father, I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer with me today, of uh, the sincerity of your heart, I believe the Father has heard you. And I say to you, my friend, welcome to the family of God. Now, this is not the end. It's only the beginning. Now it's time for you to get into a good Bible-believing church where the Word of God is preached without compromise. Join that church as the, Spirit lead, as the Spirit leads you. Get into your Bible, open it up, and begin to pray and seek the face of God. He will lead you. When you, go to, when you get a chance also, go to our website at kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. Click the contact button and let us know of the decision that you've made today be glad to contact you and uh, and to pray with you as well we love you guys until next week remember jesus is lord choose him as your lord today only he can make a way we'll see you next time bye-bye well we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message don't forget you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org it's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series so check it out today until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.